You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. For everything Buccaneers, it, 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 it's Jolly Rogers and Touchdowns. Now, now, here's your hosts, Casey Hudson and Kaylee Mizell. What's going on, Bucks fans? Welcome to a new episode of Jolly Rogers and Touchdowns. That's right, your favorite Buccaneers podcast for all things insight and entertainment. You can find brand new episodes of Jolly Rogers and Touchdowns sailing week by week on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays, bright and early on your drive into work or when you're brewing your morning coffee. Be sure to like, subscribe, and share this podcast with all of your friends and your family. And do yourself a favor, turn on that auto download on the Odyssey app. It just makes it that much easier to keep up to date with all the brand new episodes on Jolly Rogers and Touchdowns. And we're always bringing you new and exciting content and conversation. Guys, I'm joined by my lovely, lovely co-host, Kaylee Mizell. We missed you all last week, but we appreciate everyone being so patient and awesome as we, well, didn't have power and the ability to do podcasts and a show for you. We were driving around in cars, trying to get service and, and doing all the things called life outside of this. But we're so excited to be back with you for a new episode of Jolly Rogers and Touchdowns midweek edition. This is where we get to really just kind of chit chat about all the stuff going on in the box, a little around the league and still closing out with walk the plank. Kaylee, how are you? How's I don't know. The last 48 hours been long days drain us, but they're exciting. They are exciting. I wish it was a better ending. It was a long Sunday. A long Sunday. It was a long Sunday. Monday felt, you know, I started my week off right. I had like a big cup of coffee. I got some stuff done. Mm -hmm. Felt good. And yeah, I think things are going well. Um, I'm I'm excited to get into to the rest of it. My day's been good. You know, Casey, there's like a crisp fall in the air yes you know that like it's just like a tiny <laughs> bit chilly and for those outside of florida that are bucks fans and listening to the pod bear with us, us this floridians, means everything us floridians we don't get like the foliage we don't get all the stuff mm-hmm. here's what we get we get 70 degree weather from <laughs> 8 a.m to like 10 30 and right. then again from like 4 30 to 8 p.m and then through the night it's it gets a little bit cooler um so i mean in the middle of the day it's still hot (laughs) but there are but there are moments when it is beautiful and it just makes me want to go make some uh pumpkin bread and i in fact i looked up recipes today and i legitimately plan on making some chocolate chip pumpkin bread i will report back to you on please actually send that recipe Yeah, on how it goes. It's chocolate chip pumpkin bread. Maybe I'll even post it up on our uh, on our Twitter and just you know make everybody drool because (laughs) it feels like fall in Florida. And I have to add that in Florida, Casey, because people are really thinking. No other places. It feels like (laughs) fall, and it's a little bit different. Um, Casey, funny that you mentioned that though, because my roommate legit comes running in the house this morning. And sometimes we have these things called tornado conversations because she's running in just to quickly like rinse off change and go back out. And then I'm either in the middle of studying for, you know, our podcast and all the things that we have going on, or I'm getting ready to run out and go teach. So we're always doing these tornado conversations. But today she ran in and she goes, can you make pumpkin bread with chocolate chips? 
And I'm like, yeah, I got you. My sister says I have a great recipe, I think, but she doesn't do chocolate chips. She likes, you know, crumbles on top. And she was like, well, can we do it with chocolate chips? And I'm like, odd request. I don't know where that one came from. Maybe the 67 degrees at six o'clock this morning hit her. And, you know, that's what she needed to come home. It and sends our, our brains into basic fall girl mode. Oh, I started doing that weeks ago. Pumpkin I started putting pumpkin and pumpkin bread. I literally even bought pumpkin spice flavor. Yeah, like the, the creamer <laughs> for my coffee. Yep. Yeah. All in. All yep. in. I'm, Home I'm basic so happy basic with that. You know what's happy? My taste buds. <laughs> and us. Even though this is going to be the most sleep-deprived portion of our year, that pumpkin just gives us a little little extra motor, a little Dang. extra something, a kick. Yeah, there you go. So Kaylee will be making pumpkin bread, chocolate chip pumpkin bread. I will be attempting to do the same. Um and we'll see. Maybe we'll both post something about it and, and, and see how that goes. Some lovely little pumpkin bread. I'm sure yours is going to knock mine out of the water because I don't like to follow recipes. I like to just smell and taste things. I do the same. I just add in my own. I'm like, <laughs> oh, this looks good. Sprinkle on top. It's about... This we'll is about see. right. <laughs> but uh, other than all of that excitement, I am happy to report that I'm doing awesome. Uh, friends and family doing amazing. What more can you ask for? And, you know, here we go. Sailing into week five of Tampa Bay Bucks football. As you mentioned a moment ago, <laughs> Sunday was a rough, long day, and especially after the ending that we had. And as you guys know, we will touch a little bit on that on that game that we all had to endure as a fan base. Um, and us we won't as make media. you live through it too long, guys. Right. Just, we're not that torturous. We're not we're not trying to torture you. It's yeah. just, you know, a few little notes. Halloween is still a few weeks away before we start really, really pulling up the tricks. Yeah. Of this isn't the horror it. show yet. <laughs> but aside from that, um, you know, always sailing in with brand new updates with your favorite team, Jolly Rogers and Touchdown fans. Uh as always, Monday's kickoff with a nice little press conference from yours favorite coach. I almost said yours truly, and I realize I'm not a coach. Uh, <laughs> from uh, the one and only Todd Bowles, uh, former DC, now head coach. And the one thing that I have to say is that there was so much conversation on Twitter kind of calling for, for Coach Bowles um, – being a head coach versus being a DC. And if that's kind of a, a situation here. So in his press conference, he, you know, took full responsibility for coaching issues, but more so took full responsibility for the fact that the defense wasn't very present and actually went as far to say that they lost the game because of defense. So that was an interesting approach that I can't wait for Kaylee and I to dive a little further into, but uh, Kaylee, did you by chance hear anything from between Todd Bowles last couple of press conferences that, that kind of, lead into any updates or anything that the fans need to know heading off the week? Yeah, I think, I think that there's a few interesting things that um, head coach Todd, Todd Bowles talked about. Um, I think the first biggest thing um, is um, the Cambrate situation. And so mm -hmm. uh, it was, it, it came out that initially Cameron Brate was, um, suffering and complaining of shoulder pain and shoulder, um, inflammation, um, and was checked on multiple times, at least three times by team doctors before going back in the game against the chiefs. Then later in the game, um, he was 
placed under the NFL's concussion protocol um, for symptoms of a head injury Mm -hmm. around halftime. So Coach Bowles was talking about just the prognosis leading up to um, Brait's symptoms being caught and entering concussion protocol. Mm -hmm. And he said that nobody called down that he was checked on three times, but there was no unaffiliated neurotrauma consultant ever called for um, to be evaluated for a concussion. And so what does that mean, Kaylee? Well, basically what's happening is that there could be an investigation into whether the protocols were followed correctly mm-hmm. by the team and the independent neurologist that, you know, sits on the sidelines and watches um, in respect to Cameron Brate's injury. So he did suffer um, a, after colliding with his teammate, he did suffer um, a, a, a head injury. And so I guess what is happening, Casey, is there's questions about was that was the running into his teammate, was that the spark of the head injury mm-hmm. or were there symptoms that should have been taken more seriously beforehand prior to that? Um, and so that's, what's being kind of investigated. So mm-hmm. both NFL and the NFL PA have not yet responded to um, emails that were sent yesterday by the Tampa Bay Times, who was at, who was report, who was reporting on this and asking if they were planning to investigate. So it's still up in the air. I'm not sure if they're investigate. I don't know how necessary that is. But well, we know why they're doing it this extensively. That people take seriously and should take seriously. It's a very important matter, mm-hmm. and I, I, I've said this before. You don't want your life in a game to take away from your life outside mm-hmm. this game because when you look at the trajectory of how long people last in the NFL, it's not very long. You spend more of your life outside of the NFL after yeah. playing professional football than you do playing professional football. And so I never want someone to go through that. Um, so I think it's I think it's fair to ask the question um you know but I, I i it's also one of those things where you have to you know there there's a little bit of like there is a process in place it seems like they caught it relatively on on time mm-hmm. um you know, he was he was clearly checked on multiple times so todd bowles just went through that and he really really kind of talked about what that means um yeah. No. And, and, and I think he was doing it to cover the basis because of what yes. just recently took place with um, Dolphins quarterback Tua, you know, Tua was cleared on a short week after, you know, stepping around a little bit after being hit by a Bills player. And he looked clearly stars starred and dazed and um, yeah. they cleared him to, to play a Thursday game just a, a few short days later. So in that, you know, we saw the scare of him getting airlifted to the hospital in Cincinnati and getting checked on there and everyone was very concerned as to what extent was happening and then Miami Dolphins team doctor gets fired 
uh, within the day. So I think that Coach Bowles was just making sure that everyone knew that all bases were covered as much as possible. And Kaylee, you touched on it. I, I, I mean, I believe it's from him running into his own teammate. Um, I think so. Yeah, something most likely. I'm not a doctor. I'm not going to pretend to be a doctor. But yeah, it seems most likely that what he was complaining with with the shoulder pain is different than how he felt after that mm -hmm. hit. Yeah, and then just like the odd, the oddness of the hit. Um, just seeing like where and you know how it hit the head and the head mm -hmm. separated from the shoulder, and you know those things can kind of have a multiple impact situation. So all. Good information. At least we know that Cameron Bright, as of now, you know, he's good. He's in concussion protocol. And more importantly, hopefully um, on his own time, nothing, no more rushing, rushing, no more players. <laughs> but on his own time, uh, we'll hopefully make it back onto this field because, you know, I think he's kind of someone that doesn't get enough respect and praise on his name for what he brings to this team and this roster, especially that tight end group and room. So fingers crossed and, and prayers for Cameron Bright there. Um mm -hmm. Kaylee, yes, we had some other interesting information. We do have some other breaking news. Um, so it was it, it was reported today by the New York Post um, that Tom Brady and his wife uh, Giselle have they are not yet filing for divorce, but they are looking for divorce attorneys. Um, again, this has been reported by the New York Post. Now, Casey and Jolly Rogers and Touchdown fans, this is something that we have. Uh, talked about before on the podcast and, you know, getting into Tom Brady's personal life is, and, and speculating on his personal life is just something that we're not going to at Jolly Rogers and, and, and touchdowns participate in. Uh, I don't, I don't want to facilitate gossip or speculation. Um, this is however news it did break. And so we did want to bring you that news. Um, However, like we've always said, you know, I think that at the end of the day, even in talking about the concussion protocol situation, I was saying that these people are humans. I want them to have good lives after they play this game. And I have respect for Tom Brady as a human and want to respect his privacy. I'm, I, I'm married. I have a kid. And I wouldn't want someone who, you know, being all up in my business and speculating and making these claims or just even like asking questions and providing commentary on my personal life in that kind of capacity. And while I do think Tom Brady is a professional and to a degree he expects something like this to happen, I think that Casey and I would like to stay above the fray mm -hmm. and above the gossip and just report the facts of the situation. So the facts are that they are looking at uh, a divorce lawyer uh, or lawyers right now. And that's kind of where we're going to leave that as far as, as how that's impacting them outside of their personal lives. Again, we're not going to get into that. We're going to kind of specifically talk about uh, Tom Brady and what he's doing on the field. Um, and then if there is any factual breaking news, we will bring that to Absolutely. you guys on Jolly Rogers and touchdowns. And so that's what we've said all throughout this podcast. We respect Tom Brady's humanity and we hope that you guys can respect us for taking this kind of stance. And uh, we're, we're happy to bring you the news as it is reported. Absolutely. Kaylee couldn't have said it any better. And, you know, her and I stand 
in full full solidarity in, in this situation. Um, so no need to go any further on that. But there is more to talk about in terms of Tampa Bay Bucks quarterback Tom Brady. And it's less on the well, we hope less on the dramatic side, being the fact that Brady, after being sacked in Sunday's game, got a little shaken up. Uh, it was sneed by the Chiefs. I'm pretty sure he plays cornerback. Got in there on a blitz, shook up Tom Brady a little bit. His shoulder got a little irritated there. So, of course, in post-game press conferences, Brady said what Brady's going to say always regarding anything. It's It'll be all right. It's football, was his exact quote there. Um and then took to social media because he now is this content king, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> and at the end of his social media post kind of mentioned, you know, time to get to TV 12, get working on this shoulder and find out how Pat was, how Pat threw that um, touchdown pass or whatever. So the humor, the light humor is, is still there. And obviously you want that kind of encouragement and, and laughability from your quarterback because nobody wants Tom Brady hurt right now heading into week five. It may not be the largest opponent, but it could be a sneaky opponent. Um, something Kaylee and I will definitely get further into on the next episode of Jolly Rogers and touchdowns for our game preview, but it's just good to know that it's not that it's not that bad. According to Adam Schaefer, it's more of a rotator cuff injury. Uh, very, very minute, uh, something he's dealt with before in his career and can play through and should not be a hindrance to his performance by any means. So for all the speculation that I'm sure is going to arise on picking apart Tom Brady and one foul play or one foul throw that he does. Uh, the shoulder is not a part of it and circulating conversations. Well, depending on how bored you are, you can choose. So, so glad to know that uh, Brady should be in full participation this week or, you know, taking his typical veteran rest day. We know not to be alarmed by these rest days because Todd Bowles mentioned that all players will be doing that to protect their bodies. There hasn't been much of a further update when it comes to Chris Godwin and Julio Jones and Donovan Smith. Donovan Smith, you know, played very well pushing through. They said that that's more of a pain tolerance injury that he has with the hyperextended elbow. He seems to be doing quite fine. Chris Godwin, after his little shakeup, he came back and still had yeah. multiple uh, quality receptions to, to really help this team, regardless of that final result number. So we should still be seeing limited participation out of Chris Godwin leading into the week. As you know, Monday, Tuesdays are typically rehabilitation film days, and then they dive into things Wednesday through Friday. So I'm so excited to see what the first practice of this week looks like, because I feel like this team is really in that wayward place of just, we've done good things. We need to do a lot better. Yep. You know, so they're, they're not doing good. They're not doing great. They're not doing well. They've done good things and they need they to have good moments. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. A lot better. And with that said, I think it's the perfect opportunity to just kind of pick at a little bit of treasure, find yeah. the sparkle in the treasure box, find, find the gems, the treasure oh, takeaways. <laughs> I don't know if I took it like that. That's a oh. My, I don't know if mine are all positive, Casey. It's Maybe okay. should we start with the negative first? Yeah, I mean, we call them treasure takeaways because they're important, not because they're always always lovely. actually treasure. <laughs> <laughs> um, not well, all, what is the saying, Kaylee? Not all diamond. Not all. Um, there's a there's a saying for it, like something about like not all diamonds. Okay, I'm gonna figure this diamond out, guys. In the rough type thing. It's gonna be a diamond in the rough. It doesn't or it's more like that whole, like, not everything that shines is, you know, my parents said it. Oh, and yeah. Not everything that shines is gold. Something like that. There you go. That's probably it. Something like that. I should not everything, everything that glitters is gold. gold. There you go. It's the glitter. 
There we go. So here, but Casey, you glitter very bright and you are gold. <laughs> You're golden. I adore you, Casey. We love you. Um, <laughs> you mentioned Julio too. Jones earlier, Casey, and I think that there's still a pretty big question mark there. Yeah. And I, I think to the team as well, because when Todd Bowles was asked about it, he literally said, and I quote, we'll see. That is what he said about they seem Jones's participation and what it looks like for the rest of the season. He said, we'll see. It's still early in the season. We want to make sure we get a healthy guy before we can make that evaluation. And the question that was kind of being asked was about what can we expect from Julio Jones and, and mm -hmm. can he contribute the way that we were and, and that the Bucks, frankly, were anticipating him being able to contribute. And the the answer again was everyone will loves see. the cloud experience. Um, so what if we told you could create your hybrid cloud listening your to... way with the HPE Green Lake Edge? Unfortunately, Julio has embarrassed me a little bit. Because I thought he was gonna be a lot more ready a lot more consistent a lot more healthy i went to bat for this guy in training camp like for everyone that called him cooked julio jones and now we're seeing a guy who's you know and injuries happen and that's just that's the roll of the dice in this in this high contact game but um i'm sure at this point the team is kind of feeling that that wound that woe right now not being able to rely on him and him coming in on snap counts and saying that he could play one week and then he comes in on such a reduced snap count i mean invisible if you will and gets shaken up all over again yeah it's not ideal um but we've talked before about a step forward and i think that this is where there is some treasure if you have a guy like Julio Jones out, you need there there has to be some replacement. There has to be something that you do to take away or to contribute to the amount of receptions that you were expecting him to have. And I think this is where there are members of this offense that can shine bright. I think that it's people like Mike Evans, who we have seen shine bright previously. I think that he's yeah. going to continue to have bigger and better games. I think that um, depending on who's guarding him, where he can break free, how creative the offense gets mm -hmm. will be uh, the determining factor and how well he's going to be able to play in that game. Um, as well as are they able to mix up the offense and really get guys like the tight ends and, and, um, Cambry received some of those other guys, Kate Otten, involved. Um, are they able to do that? And so I think that if they are, and also some of the other guys in the whiteout room, I would like to see more from Cole Beasley, but I would like to see it a little bit um, buttoned up a little bit better. Um, <laughs> I would like to see it a little bit more pizzazzed than than what we saw um on sunday night but i think that there's an opportunity there to grow and another place that i think that there's an opportunity to grow that we've seen work really well so far casey is the running game and you mentioned it you know getting other running backs involved spreading them around maybe even lining up too hey 
crazy idea. Put them <laughs> both in, see what happens. But Tom Brady actually spoke to this as well on mm -hmm. his Let's Go podcast on Monday. And when asked why they struggled in the run game, he said that I think a lot of it comes down to playing from behind where you become one dimensional and you throw the ball so much, but at the same time, we need to be productive when we do run. So getting ourselves in the right run play, getting our guys in the right angles and the right opportunities to have some confidence that we can make yards when you hand off the ball. Mm -hmm. That's the thing they started. And we talked about it, but they started that game in a hole and yeah. you don't want your offense to be in that. And frankly, they've started almost every single game that they've had in some kind of hole. And again, like they, this offense needs a fast start. This offense needs to get out there and score early, gain some confidence, move the ball down the field and get into the end zone. And I think that while that didn't exactly happen on Sunday, I think that is a treasured takeaway because I think everyone knows that now mm -hmm. everyone is on the same page. We need to get down. We don't need to dig ourselves into a hole. We need to move the ball and we need to get creative in the ways that we are moving this ball. Absolutely. And you mentioned something that that pivots into my treasured takeaway. A uh, standout for me is as simple as this. More co-keef. I Go just want to see more co-keef. He's showing such such unique and beautiful progression. Um, you started to see quality out of him straight in tra like straight away in training camp. I think that he is consistently built upon his performance. Game one, people were just surprised by how much of a dominant blocker he was. And while that is a strong suit and contribution to this team and roster, especially a team with a fragmented offensive line, trying to figure out what this run game is looking like as you know, this is, this is what they have to deal with. This is the O line that they have to run behind. Um, I think that, he gave them that confidence, that that glimpse, that little bit of hope that says, hey, guys, use me, go to me in the in the red zone or go to me as we start getting past that 50 yard line and and start tracking in towards the end zone there. And so the treasure takeaway for me is that that little attempt right there. I think he nailed it. I think he gave his team confidence that he can rise to do more, that he can be given a little bit more responsibility, that he can be held accountable in even bigger moments. Um, so I just want to see a lot more Coquif. And not even just that. When Cameron Bright went down, we did see Kate Otten get those receptions. We saw Kate Otten kind of really function in that role throughout training camp when they weren't heavily running the ones and twos in terms of tight ends. Um, and for some reason, you know, they want to go with grooming Kate Otten versus bringing in Kyle Rudolph and some commentary that I heard this past weekend, because of course I'm over here like, why are we not using Kyle Rudolph was that they don't see or feel that big of a, of a, of a bridge or distance or gap between Rudolph's blocking ability and Otten's blocking ability, which is something that I will now really hyper-focus on, um, something I'm looking forward to paying attention to in practice because I really think that they could have utilized, I don't know, all of them. I wasn't particularly um, ever going to bank on the fact that Kyle Rudolph was going to come as a veteran and, and play behind two rookies. So definitely one of my treasure takeaways is them starting to rotate in a few little new notions when it comes to the tight ends. I think Kokeef's ready for more. I think Kate Otten's ready for more. And honestly, I just have to say, 
as a quick little side note and kind of touching on on the human thing that you and I like to discuss for Kate Otten to go from, you know, saying goodbye to his mom a week ago to being able to play in a game shortly after. I mean, I know players that have lost somebody and found out about it that morning and suited up that night. It's just you. I don't even know. I don't even have the words for it, especially somebody who's dealt with with very significant loss like that just takes a whole different kind of mental toughness. And he wasn't out there making a whole bunch of mistakes. A lot of the times these guys that end up going out there with tragedy on their shoulders play a heck of a game. So I just have to give a huge, huge shout out to uh, rookie tight end Kada in for, you know, going through the motions of what he's going through, dealing with grief, however he needs to deal with it and still showing up for his team, which it shouldn't even be that much of an expectation with what he's dealing with. So I'm very impressed to see how much install they add in for the tight ends. I'm really hoping so. We also don't know what the progression is going to be in terms of Cameron Brait. So that also probably means, you know, rest Brait and really see where these where these rookie tight ends lie and, and dress out Kyle Rudolph so I can see this comparison. Um, so we can have a real conversation about it because I was, I was actually pretty excited about Kyle Rudolph. I saw him do some great things in Minnesota and thought that, you know, with, with Tom Brady at the helm that he was just going to do that much more. So that's my that's my main treasure takeaway from from Sunday's game. But I think offense had a few little nuggets there. There's definitely a lot on defense that probably, as you mentioned, Kaylee, is not so positive. Yeah, it's not it's not the gold that glitters, right? You, <laughs> and it's shiny. It's there. It's noticeable. But it's but no glitter. Gold. Um, so I think I, I'm not going to, we harped pretty hard on the defense on Sunday. I'm not going to go all the way into it. Here's what I'm going to say. This defense is a defense that has given up the least amount of points up until this past week. Mm -hmm. I'm taking Sunday's game as a fluke. It was a fluke. This is not the defense the actual defense of the Bucks, And you're allowed a fluke game. Yeah. But you're only allowed one. So I'm taking it as a fluke that this is not the defense that we have seen for three weeks. This is not the defense that we expect to show up. And they were not ready. They were not prepared. They did not come out trying to, you know, bust a guy. Mm -hmm. And that's going to change. They're going to come back with some revenge in their system and ready to go this week. Yeah. That is my hope, my prediction, and my takeaway from the fool's gold that they, that they showed us on Sunday. That's a great way to put that. That was a, that was fool's gold being tossed out there. Um, I agree. We, we, we gave the defense their beating. I will I will throw a positive spin at it. I will say that, you know, there was a high expectation as to what Devin White was going to do this season coming off of kind of a frumpy previous season. Um, and then versus the Packers, he was getting a lot of criticism as to where was he? Why didn't he build off of week one and two? As for week four, you know, he still showed up with eight total tackles, three assists, and was the leading tackler on the team. No surprise there because we've seen the motor that he's had on him, whether it made a difference on this team Sunday versus the Chiefs or not. Um, 
Followed by him, though, was Levante David. And I know in training camp conversations on Jolly Rogers and touchdowns, I said, hey, I want the Bash Brothers back. I want the dynamic duo back. And while it wasn't a stellar performance, splash performance, or anything that you can call it in relevance of being excited or entertained, um, it's nice to see both of them at the top of the leaderboard on the defensive stats versus the Chiefs. Followed by... A bit of a dark horse. I'm hoping we hear this guy's name more. I'm hoping that his game is just going to ramp up. And I'm feeling like Sunday was a was a starter sign for us to see more Keanu Neal. Call this guy the thumper, the heavy hitter. Uh, he ended up going from the Falcons to the Cowboys. The Cowboys throws weight on him and says, hey, we're going to move you to linebacker. He still somehow made it work. And then he gets signed by the Bucks to go back to being a safety. I'm thinking more of a strong safety because of his frame. And, you know, comes out with six tackles. And if you guys look back at the tape, he made some pretty significant plays. And it was great because this is a guy who nobody knew. Is he actually going to make an impact on this defense? Is he going to be a silent contributor? Is he just going to be the assist guy? And I think he has room to be more than that. What I also like about this treasure takeaway regarding Keanu Neal is that week five, you're going, he's going up against his, his first team coming out of UF, going to the Falcons. He was a, Big, big guy at the Falcons. Every Falcon player that you talk to about Keanu Neal, there's nothing but so much love and respect between former Falcons players and this guy. So I'm just excited to see now that he had that that twinkle, that little bit of a better performance on a really crap game on Sunday, is he going to build off of that and maybe be that that lantern to help the Bucks not just get past the Falcons, but to thump the Falcons, like really put it to them. This defense needs to revive from week one, week two, and put the performance together from quarter one to quarter four. And I feel like Keanu Neal can be a huge part of that. Oh, I love that. You're getting me excited for the episode that's going to come out on Friday, Casey, where we're going to no deep dive into the Bucks taking on the Falcons. But before we get too far into that, we have to talk about what transpired over the weekend around the league Oh yeah, power rankings segment. So, Casey, we have our power rankings pulled up, and we have <laughs> them from two different sites. So we have Bell Power Rankings from NFL.com, and then we have the ESPN Power Rankings. Because, Casey, they're different. And um. Yeah, they're, they're quite a bit different. So I'm going to run through the top 10 for the NFL. We've got the Eagles at 4-0 at number one, mm-hmm. the 3-1 and Buffalo Bills at number two, the 3-1 and Kansas City Chiefs at number three, the 3-1 and Green Bay Packers at number four, the 2-2 two and two San Francisco 49ers at number five. The two and two Cincinnati Bengals at number six. So the Baltimore Ravens, which are two and two at seven, two and two Tampa Bay Buccaneers at number eight, three and one Minnesota Vikings at number nine, and three and one Dolphins at 10. So Tampa Bay sits at eight on this list. And just looking at the top teams on this list, to me, they're not. There are not many big surprises. I expected the Eagles to be number one, mm-hmm. the Bills to be number two, the Chiefs to be number three. I think that, you know, when you're getting into the Packers, I mean, with their, um, with what they've done so far and with their, um, you know, three and one, it makes sense that they're four. With what the 
49ers were able to do against the Rams in Monday night football. Yeah, I for sure expected them to bump up into the top five. So that doesn't surprise me. Um, the Bengals at number six is, uh, you know, I'm, I'm interested. I don't love it. I don't love it. And I'm interested to see if they can prove themselves as a number six team. I think that they have some good pieces. You know, we've seen great, um, lights from T Higgins, uh, Joe Burrow. I, I, I like Joe Burrow, but I'm interested to see if it can last actually expected the Ravens to be higher. Uh, I, I wouldn't have been surprised if the Ravens were in the top five or six, um, just the way that Lamar Jackson has been playing and what I think the Ravens can do. But at two and two, they're listed at seven. And I think, you know, some Bucks fans might not like this, but I think it's a fair ranking to put the Bucks at number eight with what they've been through this season, with the highs that we've seen, the sparks that we've seen, but also coming off of back-to-back losses. I think it's fair to put them at number eight. Casey, looking at that list, what are your initial thoughts? What I don't love is for, I don't love the Bucks sitting at eight. I know why they're sitting at eight, but I don't love it because they fall short to Green Bay Packers sitting at number four by two points in a very just... Eh, performance. Then they, you know, end up finally putting up the most points of their season thus far versus the Chiefs who are sitting at three. Then you have the Bengals who have competed against who so far this season. The Bengals schedule has just been very meh. And Joe Burrow has been really, really fighting a tough game of standing on his feet and getting his team into the end zone. And, you know, while he's putting up a great performance with the with with the circumstances, if you will, um, for them to sit at six and the Bucks to sit at eight and the you know them both be two two. I'm not a fan of it. I think that that's just kind of a little a little much for me. They're both having offensive line issues, but I think the Bengals kind of have a tougher bridge to to crawl over, if you will, than the Bucks do coming up here. So that's probably the biggest qualm that I would have with this top ten. Um, other than that, you're, you hit it on the head, Kaylee. Most of it makes sense. You know, 4-0, of course, you're going to sit at the top of this. Buffalo Bills without half of their secondary being in, and then the new guy that they sign is out with an injury. These, I don't even know where to go with that one, but, you know, still sitting pretty at 3-1. and one, And what can you say about Josh Allen? I mean, he's a quarterback that just put up 70 rushing yards. I, I Wrapping my brain around that, Thinking this man looks like a tight end, plays quarterback, and can always rely on his feet to get the job done is just obscene to me. Um, and then, yeah, Chiefs, unfortunately, got to swallow that pill. Packers shortly thereafter. 49ers is somewhat surprising because people were calling for Jimmy Garoppolo's head and just questioning Kyle Shanahan and, and Lynch, and there was just so much drama. And now, all of a sudden, it's like, oh, here we go. We're just going to throw you a number five spot because you beat the Rams, who aren't even playing like the Rams from last season. So They're not. No, they're not. But Casey, there. I mean, I'm going to give you my. I'm going to like put on the clock, sixty <laughs> second timer, and we're going to go through this ESPN one very quickly. So number one, we have Chiefs, two Bills, three Eagles. So it's already different. Four yeah. Packers, five Dolphins, six Rams, seven Vikings eight bucks and I'm going to stop there. The bucks might be the only team that is in the same spot between mm-hmm. these two power rankings 
uh, the Bucks at number eight. Casey, I don't know how the Rams, after getting just dominated 24 to seven in Monday Night Football, are <laughs> sitting at number six. They're two and two. And they got like, it, that was not a, oh, they just lost by a little. No, you got your butt kicked. <laughs> and they're at number six. I have a bigger pro, like, I hear what you're saying about the Bengals. I have a bigger problem with ESPN putting the Rams at number six and the Bucks at number eight. Agree. And I have, you know, like, yeah. how, how does that happen? Yep. I don't get it. It doesn't make sense to me. Even the top three, the fact that it's the Chiefs, Bills, and then the Eagles doesn't make sense to me. Hate um, that. I, yeah, the ESPN power rankings are a little confusing to me. And that's my 60 seconds. The only thing I agree with with the ESPN one is the Dolphins being a bit higher. I think that whether you like Tua or yep. not, you have to respect what they have done. They have been the upset team. They upset the Ravens when they were counted out. They upset the Bills when they were counted out. Mind you, Tua did it with a full-blown concussion because just go back and watch that play. He had no business even coming back in in the second half of the game, and he did, and helped his team pull an upset on one of the best teams in the league right now. Probably a Super Bowl contending team if you if you really want to be honest about it. So those are the only two – I mean, that's the only like little glimmer of maybe I can give ESPN. But other than that, I your 60 seconds spot on. I don't know where they're well, going. Well, let that. me just make a quick correction. It was the, the Rams lost 24 to nine, not 24 mm -hmm. to seven. So, but I still don't think those two points bump them up to number six. So, no, I don't think that they had played here the standard in, in which everybody has assumed that they were going to come into this season playing at. But with that said, I think we can both agree on one thing. We're not seeing any of those nitty gritty, very frustrating, very irritating NFC South teams that we typically have to, I don't know, talk about. Or if we want to touch back, on a few Jolly Roger and touchdown episodes ago when people had the audacity to put the Panthers and the Saints above the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, where are they now? As we sail into the South, that's the only time that we will be talking about the Panthers, the Saints, and the Falcons because they do not grace the power rankings. Kaylee, is this a laughable subject now that they were – going to take it 100%, over a hundred percent it's laughable the panthers and the saints are both one and three Love like it. this is i mean i know it's still early mm -hmm. but i don't know i haven't seen anything that i am overly impressed by that i think is going to to come up big in the playoffs or that is going to be any kind of real threat to yeah. the NFC South's, you know, first place standing right now. Uh, I don't want to get too far into the Falcons because we have to save that for our Friday episode. So fans, be sure that you are plugged in and you have that auto download for Jolly Rogers and touchdowns because that will come out on Friday previewing the Bucks versus Falcons and the Bucks currently hold the champion belt for the number one team in the <laughs> NFC South. Falcons will try to dethrone them. Uh, but the Panthers and the Saints, I mean, I there's not much to say about them because they haven't done much. Uh, I just, I, I don't, I don't see 
it being a, I mean, I think with the Saints, there's going to be some more competitive type uh, type rolling with the Bucks just because of the rivalry there. Yeah. But I, I don't think that the this NFC South division is going to be too much of a threat <laughs> to the Bucks, especially when you consider their larger schedule and some of the teams that they do have to play. Oh yeah. And the, and, and the scope of it all, <laughs> you've got Matt rule, keeping his job hanging in there by a thread over with the Panthers and the Falcons. I will say Arthur Smith, we knew that they were in a rebuild. They're just, you know, putting the pieces together now. And it's probably going to be more of a, you know, next season following season after that, where you start to see Falcons that you saw six, seven, eight years ago. Um, and that's fine. That'll make for, that'll make for a fine game. And you said it perfectly, Kaylee rivalry is a rivalry. It just has this, this intensity to it, this excitement to it, whether you like it or not, the saints did just fall to the Vikings across the pond. Something that Surprisingly enough, some people didn't particularly have happening. I did, but I'm kind of on that Viking train right now as my backup team. I'm I'm a fan of where they could go under this new direction. A guy who learned from Sean McVay, and you just have to make sure you have all the right pieces in place in order to become the next Rams team, and they're figuring that out. So it was nice to see the Saints lose overseas and some of the memes that came out of that. But with that said, Saints we don't have to worry about them for a minute. And at least the Bucks broke that streak a few short weeks ago. And Panthers, I mean, I was never on board with Baker Mayfield to begin with. It just kind of seems like they just threw, they just picked like, if it was a kickball team, you were down to your last few guys. And then all of a sudden you just kind of like, hey, come over here. I think you'll do well. And they have moments. They've stayed in some pretty tight games. But the the way that the game has unfolded has just kind of been this, this tragedy to watch, if you will. So that'll be... Uh, a very underwhelming matchup coming in the next few weeks here. And uh, yeah, as you said, we've got that game preview coming in on a new episode of Jolly Rogers and touchdowns at the end of the week, first thing in the morning. And we are excited to have some guys who are going to really dive in to the Falcons. They're going to make a case for the Falcons. They're going to come on here with me and Kaylee, and they're going to probably try to convince you Jolly fans that the Falcons have a chance on Sunday, that they might even win on Sunday. But the most exciting part about all of this is you won't know until you join us Friday on Jolly Rogers and Touchdowns what they're going to say. we got a couple guys over from the Peachtree Football Podcast that are going to plead their case for the Atlanta Falcons. And we're going to get down into the nitty-gritty and figure out, you know, on paper, who has the best team. And outside of paper, off the paper, who can you make a better case for? And I'm really excited to have that conversation. You guys know we enjoy having guests with us over here at Jolly Rogers and Touchdowns. We've had some great ones so far with the the legend John Ledyard and the the amazing Carmen Vitelli um, crushing it on Fox Sports NFC North. I tried to convince her to come to the South because I feel like she was bad luck to be at Buck Stadium you know, during the Packers game covering the NFC North, but that's a whole different discussion for another day, which leaves us Kaylee with one thing and one thing only somebody, something, some situation has always got to walk the plank. I, I was dreading this one this week and I'll tell you <laughs> why Casey, you've walked the plank multiple times. I have. I have learned to do a very pretty swan dive by now. I, if I do say so myself, I might have to let you teach me because I think I, I, I think I have to uh -oh. go forward 
myself. Guys, this um, is news to me. This is news to everyone involved. Wow. I was really thinking about it. And you know what? You you have to own up when you say something and it doesn't come to fruition. You have to own it. Here's oh. the thing, Casey. I'm on the seat of my on the edge of my seat here. A few weeks ago, I made people walk the plank because mm -hmm. I said, you have to be living in another reality if you think that the Eagles are better than the Bucks. Oh, and I, Casey, do we want to do this yet? I, I just feel like <laughs> our producer's reaction is, I just think that <laughs> I might, I'd rather take the dive now and be wrong in the future. I'm not saying a hundred percent, the Eagles, you know, are going to win it all over the bucks. Ooh. But so far this season, the Eagles have proven themselves. And I think I was wrong. I think I was wrong. <laughs> Our producer's not having it. You're Our not producer is begging me to stay on the boat. <laughs> he will not lift. He will not lift the the thing for you to walk the plank. I'm not doing this for Eagles fans. I'm doing this for the sake of good journalism and good commentary and holding yourself accountable. And oh, I just man. think I have to hold myself accountable. I mean, I, I made some pretty it. bold statements. And <laughs> at this point in time, it would seem like I might be wrong about those statements. So all I'm going to say is maybe mm. you don't live in an alternate reality if you think the Eagles are good. You don't live in an alternate reality. They're good. They're 4 0. They're good. They're, okay. I don't know I 100% if they're better than the Bucks. Cause we haven't seen that play out. We, right. You know? Right. But I, I gave people a really hard time and I'm maybe, maybe I'll put myself on probation. Maybe I'll lock myself in the dungeon. Maybe I'm there not walking go. the plank yet, but I'm in the dungeon because yeah, that, that was a bold statement to make and it did not turn out to be. You're awkward. on cleanup crew. We're not going to send you off the boat quite yet we're they gonna need me you i'm too important <laughs> way too important we're not gonna send you yet we're just gonna throw you on that on that nighttime cleaning crew everybody think pirates of caribbean just you know laying planks of the oh. wood and just that tedious annoying whatever sure okay. that's what we'll do but you, you're not it. allowed to we'll go off board yet because then if you go then apparently our producer's going and then i'm holding down jolly rogers and touchdowns by myself and yeah i know, you know well, I love you, Bucks fans. I just I, I rather do that with 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 Kaylee and James here. So Max mentioned is that just giving giving Eagles fans any sort of Eagles level fans. of excitement, but they're gonna take it. They're Let gonna they're gonna come say, in here and sort of rob about us of our happiness. at all. <laughs> I just need to be clear. This is not for you, Eagles fans. This is not this for is, you. This is for the namesake this of this is for good journalism. Good quality journalists, and she's not going off the plank. She is just retracting just certain elaborative just statements the door okay. a little bit. I like this. I would, I would honestly partially follow that up with any Eagles fans that now try to take this and run with it. You can walk the plank because I'm not, <laughs> I'm not there yet. Um, four and oh, cool, cool. Somebody is going to figure you guys out by week seven. And I'm calling that here and now. So I will not 
I will not be having Eagles fans chirping to any extent yet. I'm not ready to hear it. <laughs> um, outside of Eagles fans being tossed overboard, you know, it's just been a wild week. <laughs> it has been a wild week and a half. And I think for me, this is probably very on brand for me. <laughs> is anyone on anyone on Twitter that look, I think there's a time and place to do everything. And while I might not, while Kaylee and I might not, and Jolly Rogers and touchdowns might not be the place that wants to kind of divulge into gossip and you know, really just kind of harp on on overbeaten topics and conversations and antagonistic headlines and stuff. The only thing that I want to point out is that it's been a week. It has been a crazy week. And as most of everyone who, you know, has any touch with the world knows that, you know, Hurricane Ian just came and did its thing. And, you know, while we are going on with our day to day because Tampa didn't get the hit that it was supposed to get, but yet we're trying to contribute to our community and in Southwest Florida and every team is doing their part, you know, let's just anyone that, wants to forget about all of that and make it background noise and still kind of run with any sort of really antagonistic, dramatic spec, you know, speculated topics. It's just probably not the time. I don't think it's time yet. I think that everyone needs to realize that there's still a lot going on. A lot of people are putting on a brave face. A lot of people are just trying to get from day to day. And so as Kaylee and I touched on in the beginning of the episode, if there's no definitive information behind it yet, maybe let's not go make 10,000 memes about it, forgetting that somebody's now dealing with one thing on top of the community and the state that they represent and the team that they have to carry and be a leader on. And that extends past Tom Brady. It's just let's be a little bit more mindful of what we're reposting and retweeting and, you know, enabling and giving larger platforms to, and, you know, sounding off the soundboards and making it a larger deal than it has to be because the narrative is going to change in 48 hours. Like let's just be a little bit more present and a little bit more, I don't know, respectful. It's not that hard. There's plenty of things to laugh about in this world. That's not always at the expense of somebody else um, and at the convenience of, of others. So Anyone who's not going to choose to be a timely human being, you guys can walk the plank for me this week. Uh, we all enjoy the dive. As Kaylee mentioned, I take it a couple of times and I have perfected my swim out of it. Kaylee tried to throw herself, even though our producer just quickly reached <laughs> back for her, pulled her on board and put her on cleaning duty. So, you know, we always wish the best for you guys. And as always, you know, we're going to bring you the information. We're just going to do it in our way and style 100%. proudly. So. Yeah. Thank you, Casey. Yep. I agree a hundred percent. And thank you guys for listening. Be sure to share this episode with someone that you think would get a lot out of it. Maybe the biggest Bucks fan in your life or somebody that you want to become a Bucks fan. You know, we all have those friends up in Atlanta. Send this episode to them <laughs> or send Friday's episode to them when we have the guys from Peach Preach Tree Football Podcast on. Uh, we're really excited to talk to them a little bit more about the Falcons facing the Bucks Again, I know that you guys have some friends up in Georgia. So send this their way and tell them, hey, you know what? New episodes every Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Turn on the auto download. And Friday's episode, we are diving straight into 
the Falcons taking on the Bucks, and we have a guest to do it. It's going to be a lot of fun, and you guys can always catch our extra content, insights, analysis, and more at Jolly Rogers TDS on Instagram and Twitter. Again, new episodes every Monday, Wednesday, Friday. That's wherever you get your podcast, and of course, the Odyssey app. Turn on that auto download button for sure, and you guys keep following Casey and I. Casey can be found at the Sports Case K A S E. I'm Kaylee Mizell. Thank you guys so much for joining us, and we'll see you next time.